Throb. Yep. A big throb. A big throb. This weekend, Tim and I finally did it. We went to roller derby. Oh, yeah. Too. I saw the you 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 texted me the image. It was I almost said that you tweeted me the image, but that doesn't make sense. You you texted me the image. Yeah, it was fun. It took us about what ten minutes, to, like both of us together talking about it to figure out how it was actually working. Oh, this is so yeah. great! What the rules actually are. Yeah, Did we, you- we had we had a little guide in the in the program, but we still didn't <laughs> fully understand it until we saw it happen. Until you saw the first collision happen, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it was cool. Um, the we watched so it was like the B team first, and mm. uh, they did. They they got beat, but they did a it was it was at least exciting. They did a bang up job. Like you could, we didn't know what to expect because we're watching the B team, right? And we're like, well, right. is this is this how it is? Like, what one weird thing was? It wasn't like a a slope track. It was just on a like a flat. It was just on a Ooh. skating rink. So it was just wow, it was just hard. yeah, that's difficult to do. And um, what the, I know we noticed they were doing is like they weren't like the jammers, the ones mm. scoring points would would be you know rolling around the track but the other people were just like the other players were just like basically standing still and creating walls to block them right you know so they couldn't get past and so like that was like the whole strategy of both teams in that in that in that round um and yeah grand rapids got beat but then the when the all-star team came out it was like a whole different game like there's a lot more movement and the jammers were a lot better obviously yeah um but it wasn't really that exciting of a game because we pulled away like what was it tim for like the first like 15 minutes the other team didn't score like we're not on the scoreboard Oof. like we just kept getting lead jammer and i think it ended well we didn't even stay till the end but when we left it was like we were up like 200 points yeah that sounds right it was insane wow that's harsh yeah, but it uh, it was real uh, a lot of fun. Well, good. Yeah, yeah was, that sounds like it was fun. And you just have the great um, roller derby names. Of course, they don't disappoint. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, what I, was I? I remember you guys. The thing you texted had like some of the or the name of the team. What was it again? The Grand Raggedy Rollers. That's it. Yes. Yep. That's Back gonna... in, in like black and blue. Yeah, those are pretty popular colors for roller derby. Mm-hmm. But nothing in like I was kind of expecting like red. Ah, uh, yeah. Or white, or some kind of like raggedy and yeah colors. Oh, that I get make sense. It. Oh, I see now. Yeah. But I actually probably like the their colors better. Like, you don't actually want to show your like present yourself as like a rag doll <laughs> out on the no. Maybe don't do that. You, know, you want to distance yourself from that, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I do like that their website is grandraggedy.com. Yep. It is the that, grandest of raggedies. That sounds like a good band name. And they're where they played, it, it kind of feels like it's like we're gonna meet on the at, at the old sports complex at the edge of town. Yeah. Yeah, this, this is where it's going to go down. 
Yeah, it feels like the third scene in a Batman episode, like the the abandoned warehouse. Like, oh hey, yeah, clearly Kinda. this is the the toy store that hasn't been used in twenty years. Yeah, either that or the first level in a Tony Hawk game. Nice. But uh, yeah, it was kind of cool. It kind of added atmosphere. Yeah, it's fun. Yep. That's rough playing on a flat surface like that, though, I hear. Yeah. Uh, Apparently, I, I, though, that's like the league is a flat track league. Oh, okay. I guess there are ones that are more, I don't know, like velodrome or. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can use them like that so that you can actually, uh, yeah, build momentum and use uh, yeah. use physics. <laughs> to and I imagine I imagine like their strategy of like creating walls and standing still wouldn't work on that because no. you couldn't yeah. just stand on the edge of a slope. So I think that's, yeah, that was probably why it was so different. Yeah. Generally speaking, I guess one funny thing that uh, our listeners might enjoy is that I, I won a pun contest this week. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, guy, you didn't With have the, to look uh, at any of that. <laughs> I looked at some of it. I was very I, impressed. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I uh, I went in a pun off versus one of the writers for uh, you don't know Jack, and mm-hmm. uh, it was it was quite it was a lot of fun. Uh, I was very impressed because I checked out the like the I was just going one on one with him in my feed, but I checked out the um, the other people that had responded. He put out a tweet saying, uh, you know, let's you know anyone who beats me. Uh, at a pun off, you know, you have a chance to win uh, their newest collection of games. And uh, I kept going back to the original feed just to see how many people uh, were involved in this. And this guy was keeping up. It was like watching a, a chess grandmaster, like playing like five different games at once. Hmm. Uh, just because he, you could tell which ones he felt like he needed to take the time to think of a good pun and which ones he just kind of like threw, you know, threw something out there. Yeah, OK, whatever. And uh, it was very impressive. The guy the guy was great. Um, yeah. And he followed me after we got done with the content. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I like I, I knew you had a good chance because you guys were just going back and forth like two uncles at a barber shop. Or something. <laughs> just, I'm like, man, they're getting they're getting kind of chummy with this now, too. This is uh, this is kind of weird, but it's good. I understood him. Uh, mm-hmm. No, specifically because I went and looked at his his profile, his Twitter profile, and uh, immediately uh, I knew what I was up against because his photo, at least currently, on his Twitter profile is uh, it's him kind of like standing with his arms kind of out a little bit, and obviously looking like he's talking to someone directly to his left but he doesn't have anything in his hands and there's a chair in the background against a wall. I'm like, Oh, this guy does improv. Like this is, that is 100% the kind of photo that you get when you're doing a show, an improv show. Oh yeah. You totally, you profiled a dude for a fun contest. I did. (laughs) You got to know what you're up against. (laughs) I guess it worked. Yeah, it did. Yeah. And, and, uh, yeah, and he he's very cool though. I went back and read some of some of the other tweets though. I'm like, oh, he's he is pretty cool. I got to follow this guy. <laughs> That's so, good. Excellent. Yeah, good time. And I got to test out the games. They're <clears throat> a lot of fun. Uh, I have. We got to play a couple the other night, and uh, the one that we stuck to mostly is Fibbage. Oh yeah. And, oh I man, I enjoy that game so much. That one's pretty popular. 
Mm. I had two different Airbud references and got people to vote on them both times. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. That is an accomplishment. Thank you. You did the double bud, <laughs> but you couldn't. You couldn't quite pull off the hat trick. No, no triple bud. Actually, it'd probably be like cat trick or something. Oh, I like that too. Airbud cat trick. Yeah. Someday, someday, I will. I will be there, and I will have. I will get someone to vote on it three times mm-hmm. although in the last round i uh, one of the ones that i did an airbud reference to was in the final fibbage round and i got uh like three thousand points for it. like yeah <laughs> <laughs> nice nice yep. work thank you did you play the actual you don't know jack uh that's not in the set oh no i thought it was oh i know but it's still i i have played the recent the newest version of it and it's still amazing i enjoy it immensely good we yeah. Should Know Better is not sponsored by Jackbox Games. No, but we could be, and they are awesome, and we'd love to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's let's keep that in. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You guys ready? Let's do this. Okay. Welcome to We Should Know Better. It's the show where we hitchhike our way through Wikipedia. I am your host tonight, Tim. Uh, with me, as always, through some strange lack of reason, is... Kyle. And Sky. Excellent. You're very good guys. Yay. I don't know why I have to feel I need to praise you for saying your names. Aww. Because we, we used to mess it up a lot. <laughs> it's true. All Thanks, right. Tim. <laughs> you're you're welcome, Kyle. Okay. All right. <laughs> so what we do here is uh we go from one page on Wikipedia that I choose uh to another, also of my choosing, by going <laughs> From link to it's link. It's the Tim show. <laughs> it's tonight it is. Going from link to link until we reach the goal page. Uh tonight I am choosing to go from modern flat earth societies. Whoa. To, that, hold on, hold on. Mo- modern flat earth societies? Is that a is that a page? Yes. All right. Because if you just flat do flat earth. earth societies, it takes you to a band. <laughs> okay. From Belgium. Are there like traditional flat earth societies? Modern like medieval flat earth? Flat earth? No, I guess I guess medieval flat earth societies would just be everyone. Flat earth yeah. yeah, never mind. Okay. That was just that was just society. That was just society. <laughs> okay. Uh, and we are going to Tycho wow. Drum. What Tycho Drum? Tycho Drum. And uh today's okay. uh today's wiki quest uh is actually uh, brought to us today with the help of Tony. Is this wait oh. Is this an extremely passive aggressive, well mostly passive way of reminding me that I still have the Tycho drum CD that I borrowed from you like two years ago? I actually forgot you had that. Well, but it is now. Maybe you're subconscious in it. Maybe, because yeah, I was I was organizing this with with Tony, our friend and uh, writer. Oh, awesome. So yeah, we're going from uh, dumb flatness to kind of cool flatness, drum flatness. Oh, man. So to decide who goes first tonight, uh, I usually ask you a dumb question. Oh, boy. And then make a completely arbitrary uh, choice based on your answers. Generally. But I'm not doing that tonight. What? Because oh, no. I couldn't think of anything dumb. And that's the first. What? Yep. So tonight what? I actually have a little fun quiz challenge for you. What? Since we're talking about flat things, specifically <laughs> flat land. Uh-huh. And drums. And drums, yes. I want to talk about the flattest states in the Union. 
Oh no. So in, I believe 2014 on, or at least several years ago, okay, a study was made uh, to determine which states uh, in general are the flattest <laughs> so overall. And they, they mapped this stuff out. Like okay. they sectioned it all off. Like every 300 feet, they had a computer just crunch all this topographical data to determine which states are the just most overall flat. Oh, man. So I have a list of the 10 flattest states. Oh, geez. <laughs> okay. I, want, I want each of you to choose three states. We're not counting Alaska or Hawaii on this one. Okay. So, you have, so I'm, I'm up in the odds for you. There's 48 now. <laughs> Whew, wow. I, w- I would like you to choose three states. And uh, based on where these states fall on the list, if they do indeed fall on the list, <laughs> uh, whoever gets the most points will go first tonight. Oh, this is amazing. So do you want us to send it to you separately? Or do we, are we No, let's just go back and forth. Okay, well, who goes, to, who gets to go first on the, Sky, you get to right, who we, gets to yeah, go first? No going, yeah, that's, that's not right. So yeah, um, come up with your list of three and send them to me. Oh, okay. And then we will, I'll crunch the numbers. <laughs> crunch the numbers. Tim Russert style on my little whiteboard. You'll flatten the numbers. Yep. I'll flatten the numbers, steamroll them. I like it. Oh, man. I mean, there's just a lot of options. I mean, I, I know I could generally throw a dart toward the center of the U.S. and do pretty decently, but uh, let's go with... Um, gee. <laughs> and... All right. Got my three Tim, in. Tim, I sent you my three. Yep, I have them down here. Okay, so... Skyler went with Iowa, Nebraska, and Indiana. Kyle went with Kansas, Oklahoma, and South Dakota. Ooh, those are good ones. Thanks. <laughs> I just feel like there's mountain ranges somewhere over there, though, so that's why I stayed away from <laughs> those. Not that are, close. Them are some good flat states, guys. <laughs> Real flat states, yep. So I will say... That of the three states this guy provided, Iowa, Nebraska, and Indiana, one of them is in the top 10. I'm a dummy. (laughs) (laughs) And that state is Indiana. Yay. Which comes in in at number 10. Oh, wow. So you get one point, Sky. Yay. Yay. Kyle has Kansas, Oklahoma, and South Dakota. Of those three states, one of them is in the top ten. What? It has to be higher than that one. <laughs> it, it, yes, it does. Good, good math. Good math. Uh, and it I'm is. I'm a writer. Which which one? Do you, which one do you think it is, Sky? Oh, me? Yep. Uh, I don't think it's South Dakota. Did you say Kansas? Yes. I did. Maybe Kansas. Yeah, it's solely oh. Kansas. Kansas oh. comes in at, at number seven. It's- <laughs> Totally Kansas. <laughs> Which, well, no, because a lot of people, because Kansas is like notoriously flat, stereotypically yes. flat. Yeah. And in fact, the, the study that, that these geographers made that I sourced was sort of a response to another study that someone did to determine whether the state of Kansas is flatter than a pancake. Wow. And according to their data, it in fact was. Hold oh, on. Wow. In Hold general. On. Someone's research money went to this. 
Yeah. Probably okay. IHOP. <laughs> but basically, they, they, they said that if you took a pancake, mm-hmm. a pretty average pancake, and like blew it up <laughs> to the, the surface area of Kansas. Oh, like it's pores? First. Yeah, like, like enlarged. It'd be all pancakes. pixelated. Well, yeah, that too. We're going to have to. There's not enough data to... in that pancake. <laughs> You're going to need some. You Some need to have the ring there. You have to get the PNG version Some of it, Scott. Oh yeah. Yeah. But yeah, they're like, well, come on, guys. Kansas ain't that flat. It's not sure. the flattest state. We'll prove it. And they did it. <laughs> we'll prove like, it. It's not the flattest. It's only seventh flattest, guys. So I have to know which are the flattest now. Well, what's the Wait. list? So here we go. Starting from the flattest state in general, we have Florida. What? What? Yep. Florida is the flattest state. That's not true. Yep, it is true. <laughs> That's crazy. According to science, we have Florida, Illinois, North Dakota, Illinois. I almost said oh! Illinois. And I just yeah. was like, no, Chicago's there, and now I feel like an idiot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it, they they don't go by like like skyscrapers or Apparently. anything. Oh, I thought they were going like legit like <laughs> modern day. What is the flattest? Okay. No. That's why I was like, I was just a lot of corn, and corn's not very big. They don't come oh, the <laughs> I don't believe. They're like, hold on, we got to Google Earth this. This is bad science. So, yeah, we got Florida. This is this is why flat earthers can't believe can't believe in modern <laughs> science because it's so flawed. True. Yes. If it if it's round, how can we keep buildings on it? Um, <laughs> So the list is Florida, Illinois, North Dakota, Louisiana, Minnesota, Delaware, which oh is also flat. Oh, that's a state. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yep. Got 48 of them on this list. It's flat and a happening kind of sense, too. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Kansas. Sorry, Delaware fans. I know you've heard it so often. Uh, Kansas, Texas, Nevada, and then Indiana. Oh, wow. I'm just so glad that Ohio Barely is not enough. on that list. Mm-hmm. Because you guys pick on Ohio so much whenever you drive through here. I almost put Ohio on there. I was like, no, I'm... it's pretty, it's pretty mountainy on the oh, on bottom. We just drive through the flat part of it. I guess yep. you do. Yes, we have so... a lot of hills, you guys. It's not that bad. <laughs> Is that on your license plate? <laughs> <laughs> Up on top, we have a lot of hills, guys. Below, it's not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's on the... aviation, we have a lot of hills. Yeah. At least we got hills. Yeah, good job, <laughs> Kyle. Wow, I I just realized I do not know very flat. Like what states are flat? I apparently I don't either. That's crazy. Scott. Well, I, was, very, I thought for sure Iowa, Nebraska would yeah. be on there. Like man, that's crazy. I'm very proud that each of you at least got one. <laughs> so neither get to feel bad. I almost picked North Dakota to put that on there as well, but I, I thought... Oh, just I almost put one. South Dakota, I'm like, no, one of those is really rocky, and I don't know which one. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I probably I picked the wrong one, yeah. There's mountains in there somewhere. <laughs> There's mountains in there somewhere. All right, let's so, yeah. talk about modern Flat Earth society. Yeah, I gotta go look at this page. Oh, this is gonna be great. So, it, oh, go ahead, Kyle. Have you have you read this page? Do we know anything about this or somewhat? I, I read I read a, a part that interested me greatly. A part that oh, oh hold on, <laughs> is that near the top here when we discuss when we discuss how modern flat Earth hypotheses 
a hypothesis originated with English writer Samuel Robotham, because that's a pretty awesome name. That's a that's a robust name. <laughs> yes. Uh, how how recently do you think this happened? Yeah, they say modern flat Earth society, and the dates are a little old. Uh, a little comparatively sure, but way <laughs> newer than I would have expected. That's yeah, true. Uh, so, he lived from 1816 to 1884, which means, guessing, uh, what, 200 years ago? Like, that's still, that's nuts. I'm guessing they're just using modern to say, like, after, gen like, after science in general decided that it's round. Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah, like, maybe. Yeah. Generally. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what, because, like, yeah, Flat Earth Society, you know, that's it is. everybody. Uh, based on his conclusions derived from the Bedford Level Experiment, uh, which is linked, to, and I almost want to click that. Uh, Robotham uh, published a 16-page pamphlet. Oh, what's it? How do I even say this? Zetectic Astronomy, which he later expanded into a 430-page book called Earth Not a Globe. He must have wrote it during NaNoWriMo. <laughs> In which the Earth is a flat disk centered at the North Pole, bounded along its southern edge by a wall of ice. Antarctica. Yeah. <laughs> With the sun and moon 3,000 times, or 3,000 miles and the cosmos. Hang on a second. This doesn't make sense. With the sun and moon 3,000 miles, oh, I guess in size or away. Oh, above no. Earth. And cosmos. Above Earth, yeah. 3,100 miles above Earth. He also published a leaflet entitled The Inconsistency of Modern Astronomy and its Opposition to the Scriptures. Two exclamation, Two exclamation points. points. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> and he can't, he does not know how to capitalize yeah wow that's really inconsistent yeah i was gonna say he also shows inconsistency there so the history of publications regarding the flat earth i find very amusing oh totally uh so in addition to uh the inconsistency of modern astronomy and its opposition to the scriptures two exclamation points exclamation points uh there's also been published uh, a magazine called the earth not a globe review what? Which you're just pretty much just giving your whole premise away for free there. That's <laughs> like, you don't, you don't have to, to buy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Earth, not a globe. Okay. Got it. Know what this is about. And then another journal called Earth, a monthly magazine of sense and science published between 1901 and 1904, edited by Lady Blunt. Oh, <laughs> Blunt. Yeah. The flat. Get it? Yeah, we, we get it. Ah. Uh, no. <laughs> Nice job. Good job, Tim. Okay. <laughs> but going on to the 1970s, 1980s, there was also the Flat Earth News, a quarterly four-page tabloid. And uh, Wikipedia is kind enough to provide us some of the headlines from the Flat Earth News during the 70s and early 80s. Please read them in an old, like, news-style, like, uh, uh, newsreel voice. I would be happy to, Kyle. Whole world to see, except the very elect. <laughs> Australia not down under. <laughs> Sun is a light 32 miles across. The Earth has no motion. Oh, that's a, that's a hard critique. <laughs> the Earth does not continue on Dancing with the Stars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Have you seen its ballroom? It is not good. It is not a ball. No. Um, Nikita Khrushchev, father of NASA. 
Wow. <laughs> my personal favorite. I think that one tells you who we're dealing with here. <laughs> my favorite. Galileo was a liar. Okay. <laughs> Science insults your intelligence. Well, that's that's true. what's happening here. <laughs> World is flat, and that's that. Oh, oh man. Well, can't then, argue against that. And then the Earth is not a ball. Gravity does not exist. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I can go with that. And these were all, yeah, these were all like 77 to 81. Oh my gosh. How? Wait, in the 19, it is in the 1900s. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. What? Yeah, this is just like 30 years ago. What? Um, thanks, <laughs> thanks, of course, thanks to the internet. Um, this kind of got resurrected in 2004. Of course. Basing it around a web-based discussion forum, of course. Of course. Wait, and hold on. That means he, that this is alive right now. Hang on a second. The society was officially relaunched in October of 2009. As of July 2014, over 500 people have become members. Oh my gosh, you guys, it still exists. Of course it does. Yeah. No, hold on. I found it. Yeah. <laughs> it's on the internet. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> the Flat Earth Society... The front page here, the Flat Earth Society, our new website includes uh, blah, 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 Flat Earth Society forums, a thriving online community since 2004. Let's test that. Man. Oh good. my gosh, it has been, it got updated today. So our listeners get to listen to us convert to the Flat Earth Society in real time. This is incredible. Two hours later. Guys, wow, did you, no idea. <laughs> <laughs> this totally you know, makes sense. It does make sense. Galileo that, was a liar. Uh, uh, you guys, it has a Twitter feed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking at that. It has an Instagram. I'm, I'm not sure. It has a Flickr account. <laughs> I'm not sure what it's what they are replying to specifically, oh but they're replying God. to someone by saying, "You may as well base your cosmology on the Windows 95 screensavers." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, hey, guys, they like Night Vale. <laughs> of course they would. This is so great. Except that people actually believe this. This, Except for the part that they're serious. <laughs> well, it's it's true, because if the Earth was not flat, you would not be able to play the Risk board game. Oh, wow. wow. Uh, All the pieces would fall off. I guess you're right. I can't argue with that. Boom. Done. <laughs> So, yeah, we, we should respect the opinions of others. Of course. Um, we are still allowed to read off headlines and old-timey radio voice. I am never giving that up. Oh, yeah, totally. Oh, man, I have to pick something, then, don't mm -hmm. I? <laughs> to get to drums? Wait, what kind of drum again? A taiko drum. Mm -hmm. You know, the Japanese drum. Oh, I know, the one with the little cute boom, face boom, on it. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, that you smack with a, with a stick. The Flat Earth Society most recent world model is that humanity lives on a disk with a North Pole at its center and a 150-foot wall, a high wall of ice around the outer edge. Well, you got to keep the water from spilling out. The Duh. resulting map results in the symbol, resembles the symbol of the United Nations, which Johnson uses evidence for his positions. Wait. <laughs> he used the fact that the, it, they used it as the, oh, it does look like the United Nations flag. Look at that. <laughs> it's right there. Mm. It was there in front of us the whole time. Mm -hmm. Okay. This frisbee's got the country on it. <laughs> it's right under our nose the whole time. <laughs> Flatly. 
correct. Oh, look at that. Hold on, hold on. I think I may have something. Uh, in 2004, Daniel Shenton, not related to Samuel, resurrected the Flat Earth Society, basing around a forum. Yeah. Um, moreover, the society began accepting new members for the first time since 2001, with musician Thomas Dolby being the first member to join the newly reconvened society. That's a musician. Musicians work with drums. I'm clicking is, Thomas Dolby. Is, is he like Dolby? Like, no. Let's find out, Tim. Yeah, we, we will. Oh, man. Eventually. Um, all right, Sky, where would you like to go? Well, that sounds like a pretty good idea. <laughs> I kind of want to go there, but since I can't. Um, and uh, this is, this is, I guess this is so like, I don't know. I was going to go tectonics until I saw a musician on there. This is so controversial that I, I try and I just want to get away from it. So I'm going to click on Bible. Oh. So you're going to go to a less controversial thing. Yeah, I'm going Bible, but I'm sure there's like harps and junk. <laughs> good job. <laughs> <clears throat> all right, good good choices. We're all making good choices here tonight. <laughs> yep. Where is, oh, there it is. It's finding where Bible is linked. There it is. Okay. So yeah, Thomas Dolby. Uh, Thomas Dolby is an English musician and producer best known for his 1982 hit, What? <laughs> She blinded me with science. What? Yeah. In 1984 single, Hyperactive. And he's Hold had on. a vendetta against it ever since. Yeah. What? He has also worked extensively in production and as a session musician, as a, as a technology entrepreneur in Silicon Valley, and as the music director for the TED Conference. He's the guy responsible for their, for their music. Uh, Dolby is currently a professor of the arts at Johns, Johns Hopkins University. Oh my gosh, this is great. Uh, apparently, this guy is one of the few people who still has a, a, uh, an obscured birthplace in, in our modern time. Robertson was born in London, England. Contrary to information in the early 19, 1980s press releases that reported his birthplace as Cairo, Egypt. Huh. Yeah. This is an uh, interesting man. <laughs> so that means that someone in a press release said that he was born in Egypt? Okay. Well, well you sure. know, just, just anywhere on this flat little earth of ours. What's wrong yeah. with that? Uh, anywhere on this Frisbee, on this great blue Frisbee. Uh, the Thomas Dolby stage name orig originated from a nickname that he picked up around the 1970s when he was, quote, always messing around with keyboards and tapes, unquote. Isn't that what musicians do? Well, like, was he not really that known as a musician at that musician at that time? I guess not. Uh, his friend, his friends nicknamed him Dolby. His, uh, I'm sorry, let me fix that. His very unimaginative friends nicknamed him Dolby from the name of an audio noise reduction process. That's his nickname. That's his nickname. Wow. His name is Robinson, Thomas Robinson. Hey, I see you like to you like to cook a lot and stuff. Uh, Call you. Man. Yeah, how about how about that Cuisinart? Sky Cuisinart. Really like watching TV, huh, Bill? Or should I say Samsung? Jeez. Oh man, these are sharp burns. Bill Samsung is like a Marvel superhero. It's yes. gotta be, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Robertson chose to adopt the stage name Thomas Dolby to avoid confusion with the British singer Tom Robinson. Is that really why he adopted that? Or is it just because, I mean, 
anyway. Uh, early publicity implied that Dolby was a middle name and the artist's full name was Thomas Morgan Dolby Robertson, which is legally incorrect, according to this Wikipedia page. Although he does formally or sometimes informally go by the initials TMDR, but only when it's at the end of a really long article. Yeah, too much, didn't read. <laughs> nice. Uh, after the release of She Blinded Me With Science, Dolby Laboratories noticed and expressed concern <laughs> regarding the music musician's stage name. Uh, rec uh, his record label refused to make him change his name, and Dolby Labs did not raise the issue again until later. After a le lengthy legal battle, the court decided that Dolby Labs had no right to restrict the musician from using his name. It was agreed that musician would not release any electronic equipment using his name. <laughs> wow. Uh, coincidentally, inventor and founder uh, uh, Dr. Ray Dolby had a son, na son, son named Thomas, so his son's name would be Thomas Dolby. Uh, now a novelist professionally known as Tom Dolby. Well, this was really, I mean, obviously, this is really just a long con to be the son of Dr. Ray Dolby. I mean, eventually, there's only going to be one of them, right? I mean... the Like the Dolby Lander? Yeah. <laughs> there can only be one. He is associated with the New Wave movement of the early 1980s, a form of pop, pop music incorporating electronic instruments. But Dolby's work covers a wide range of musical styles and moods, distinct from the high-energy pop sound of his few better-known commercial successes. I bet he's not upset about that at all. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, so let's see other things that he is known for. Europa and the Pirate so, Twins. <laughs> in 1984, he released his second LP, The Flat Earth. Oh, look at that! Which peaked at number 14 on the UK albums chart and number 35 on the Billboard album chart, which is weird because you'd assume that those charts are flat, so I don't know. Yeah, there are no peaks. Ah, uh, weird. Um, let's see... Alien and Hyperactive, originally written for Michael Jackson, was the first and most successful single from the album, peaking at 17 on the UK singles chart, making it Dolby's highest charting single in his home country. His other, uh, his other um, albums are here as Aliens Ate My Buick. I love that. Astronauts and Heretics. The Soul Inhabitant, and then a bunch of reissues. Oh, no, there's another one called... Uh, a map of the floating city, which sounds beautiful. Yeah, this oh. is actually kind of cool album names and stuff. This this guy actually seems pretty good at what he does. He uh, apparently did that in connection with a multiplayer online game that he intended to make. Doesn't look like it happened. Dolby's oh no, it everywhere. did. What's that? Dolby's just everywhere. Yes. Oh, or should I say cool. Nintendo? <laughs> Yeah, so Map of the Floating City Game was a multiplayer online game, shared title with his album, of course. Um, he says it was uh, set against a dystopian vision of the 1940s that might have existed had World War II turned out a lot differently. Hmm. Survivors explore a fictional Google map, forming tribes and trading relics amidst a bizarre sea-going barter society as they struggle to unravel the enigma that is the floating city. Players can haggle over merchandise and music downloads including nice. brand new songs from a map of floating city. Weird. Yep. Uh, the game was played from June through August, 2011 and included elements of trading mystery competition and cooperation. Players earned free song downloads and the winning team or tribe was awarded a private per performance from Dolby. Wow. Which is, it sounds pretty cool. It does sound pretty cool. Actually. 
Uh, I scrolled down and I, I want to talk about something else very quickly. Uh, let's say, all right, how do I get, how do I how do I introduce this? Um, in 1993, Dolby successfully established the Headspace company, which uh, developed the RMF file extension, I guess, uh, which I guess was another style of thing around like a MIDI. Um, do, 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 do. And Headspace was, uh, in 1999, Headspace was renamed Beatnik Inc. and now specializes in software synthesizers for mobile phones, which has license to mobile phone manufacturers, including Nokia. Uh, Dolby's musical talents have been put to use creating hundreds of digital polyphonic ringtones now found on mobile phones everywhere, including the polyphonic version of the infamous Nokia sig signature theme. He's the guy. That one? He's, he's the guy who did that. Yes. That's cool. He's uh, the guy. He's that one. Yeah, he... Uh, he apparently did this, and I hold on, I gotta look this up quick because I know that this is part of a larger song. Because I had heard this a while ago, because it's not just a regular little chirp. I I always I mean, thought there was just like a little chirp. Are you sure you're you're not confusing it with like the 2011 Nokia Booty Shake remix? Pretty sure. <laughs> okay. Possibly. Okay. I really don't think so. I got my mixtape of booty jams and Nokia mixes. Wait. And Nokia mixes. There you go. Yeah. Is it, okay. Is it Nokia or Nokia? I have always said Nokia. But or is it Nyaki? Wow. Nice. But it's actually part of a uh, tune called the called Grand Vals by Spanish classical guitarist and composer Francisco Tariga, written in, in 1902. I I really doubt that. Um, like, how how crazy would you would it have sounded like in 1902 to be like, hey. So you're writing this really cool classical guitar song, and it's awesome. Uh, it's going to be a really cool uh, waltz for people. They'll use it for a long time. But sometime in the future, like 100 years from now, it's going to be widely recognized, or, or like 10 notes from it are going to be widely recognized as a signal, signal that someone is trying to contact you on a tiny wireless device that will allow people to talk to each other from around the world. Pretty trippy. Do I That's... get money? <laughs> you get no money. Oh. No You'll be money. dead in the ground. Yeah. Although he had a pretty serious, like, like hair and eyebrow mustache thing going on as well. I, I found a picture of the guy. Hang on. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Francisco Tarrega. I mean, check that out. That guy, he played some classical guitar. You can, you can just tell just by looking at him. Yep. He kind of looks like... Uh... A guy pretending to be an older person. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It's hard. Like, like, like at one of those old sort of old timey photo booth things at like the fair. Yeah. Right. Where you can dress up this stuff and be like, hey, I'm an outlaw or something. Kind of looks like that, except it's real. So I don't know why. I, I don't know why I'm trashing that guy. I'm sorry. No, I, I got it. I got it. I understand. It's OK. So, so where are you going to go, Kyle? So I'm going to click on, I, I'm surprised that he did not talk more about drums, but I found okay. a couple drummers on the page. The very first one, I'm just going to go with the first one that's on the page. Some guy named Budgie, which 
I don't know what to do with that, but I'm going to click it and we'll find out what to do with it. Budgie? Like, uh, like on the Astronauts and Heretics, um, other collaborators, collaborators included Jimmy Z on sax, Budgie on drums, and Leland Sklar on bass guitar. Cool. Hey, yep. he's also worked with Little Richard. Oh. And Stevie Wonder and Peter Gabriel. Well, dang. David Bowie. Holy crud. Wow. Dude's got connections. Wow, Budgie. <laughs> I should probably know about Budgie. <laughs> he is he has got some wild hair. But all right, Sky, a Bible. So Let's talk about the Bible. Please please tell us about a Bible. There's a whole section here entitled uh criticism. Ooh. And it says <laughs> I thought uh, you wanted to get away from that. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh I'm gonna talk about the uh, the etymology of the English word Bible. Nice. Uh it comes from the Latin Biblia. Cool. Uh, which is the same for the uh, same word in medieval Latin and late Latin, which I didn't even know late Latin was a thing. Um, <laughs> and it, it comes from Conine Greek, which is Biblia, and it means the books. Oh, cool. Yep. Uh, medieval so, so Latin Biblia is short for Biblia Sacra, the holy book. Oh, uh, well, Biblia in Greek and late Latin is is neuter, neuter plural, which is okay. a great term. <laughs> wow wait so please have I mean, your it, plurals it, it gradually came to be regarded as a feminine singular noun which i'm kind of surprised by i'm surprised mm. that they decided the bible was more feminine than masculine at the uh time. sky what do but what do guys call I guess that th- makes sense yeah what gender do guys call things that they own Ooh. Mm. yeah but they don't own it is what like this is god's book you'd think it would be uh-huh. masculine so. Well, you know, if you consider God to be masculine, too, and I'm it's his books. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Check. So. I don't know. I don't. Also, the earth Please. is flat. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to hand you my lady book. I want you to take good <laughs> care of this. Yeah, Latin Biblia Sacra. Holy books translates Greek to the holy book. It's, it just says holy books in a lot of ways. But then uh, the word Bibliov, maybe. Itself has a literal meaning of paper or scroll and came to be used as an ordinary word for book. Oh, neat. That's why there's a biblioteca. Anyway, I'm going to go with the Psalms. So, oh, those, cool. those are songs. Good thinking. I don't remember the Psalms having much of a drum part, but we'll do it. You don't remember that? Well, obviously, you've not listened to the remixes. I mean, geez. It's like all funk and uh, anyway. Uh, Budgie. Uh, is not the guy's actual name, who, uh, I mean, clearly, but uh, somehow his his name is much more interesting than the guy that he played with, Tom Dolby. Uh, Peter Edward Clark, which is his actual name, known professionally as Budgie, is an English drummer. Um, he has been recording since 1979. Uh, oh, yeah, he's been the drummer for... Uh, Suji and the and the Banshees, and I should probably know more about all of these things. This is that's that's pretty clever. Suzy is spelled S I O U X S I E. Yes, like the Sioux uh, Native Americans. Uh, Budgie was hailed in 2013 by Pure Stuart Copeland of the Police as one of the 16 most interesting drummers, and with hair like that, you would be too. But let's yeah, just... it is it is quite light colored. It's kind of like an Einstein hair, if it if Einstein's hair was more like blonde and not white. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Whoa! 
<laughs> yes. Is that I'm him dressing up for Halloween? No, no, that's okay. just him. Uh, in June of 1986, which is that's a very 1986 photo. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Copeland described Budgie's playing as very economical and offbeat. Uh, Budgie, he his quote continues: "Budgie didn't play your standard hi hat kick snare. There were a lot of tom toms and a big throb." Oh, great! A big what? Throb. T h r o b. Yep. A big uh, throb. Ari big throb. of the slits praised him as quote a very sensitive drummer. With a big throb. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, let's see. Uh, Budgie could play anything. Uh, oh, okay. I'm just gonna. He, the quote continues essentially. Uh, Budgie could play anything. Sting loved the Slits album cut, and what he said about it was that the drumming. He was fanatic about the drums. A lot of people at the time were raving about the drums. They knew he had a lot of technique, but he had a sensitivity. You know, had a variation about him. Could go from reggae to punk to funk to jazz. You know, all over the place, but still very steady. Great. So. I guess this is a thing that he could do. That's good. He sounds yeah. like he's pretty good at playing the drums. It sounds like that's a thing he's very good at, yes. Yeah, that's good. I kind of yeah. want to hear him now. Well, you can YouTube this while I... Yeah, I shall do that. Okay. Well, I look ahead and try to figure out what I'm going to do next. <laughs> I'm just going to put in uh, audio of like a two-year-old playing the drums. <laughs> right here. So sensitive. <laughs> so, crash, bang, crash, crash. The most sensitive drumming uh let's see i feel it throb in my heart <laughs> well there's not a whole lot else to this um see here. he's worked with indigo girls oh look at that um and played drums for former velvet underground member john kale wow oh yeah they mentioned that he's good oh my gosh <laughs> whoa what i i'm i'm no i'm not gonna even say it okay well apparently i think i may have just found my uh a lucky break here because yeah, yeah exactly that's what i was not going to talk about in august 2002 budgie first collaborated with japanese taiko player oh wow so uh formerly of the kodo drummers recording drums in a tokyo studio for the fourth creatures album hi hi the following year i cannot so, believe that it's what linked in the world Ugh. japanese taiko is linked oh. does it take you to the drum let me check <laughs> Type, yes, yeah, it does. Wow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I guess that's the miracle of Wikipedia. Whoops. Is that you just you just come across a guy named Budgie and he's got the answers that you need. <laughs> he was the first drummer listed on the page. <laughs> I know. Obviously, he's going to have Tyco drums. I was just clicking the first drummer listed, hoping I would get like, to drums. If someone's yeah, exactly. going to collaborate I, with I a Tyco drum now, artist, though, it's going to be Budgie. This, this, you know expert and eclectic <laughs> drummer would would be the guy that you would find well with a name so, like budgie he's had to have collaborated <laughs> with a taiko drum artist it's gotta happen well uh sky do you want to take a shot no at the psalms, <laughs> <laughs> psalms. <laughs> part of the bible yep <laughs> part of the book the book uh yeah Poetic characteristics of the, of the Psalms. Um, <laughs> it says here that a primary poetic device of the Psalms is parallelism, which Ooh. is pretty neat. Do you know what that? Do you know what parallelism is? Uh, I just got a text from Stephen saying that I mispronounced Su Susie and the Banshees. Oh, he's psychic. 
He no, he's in the room. Or he's in he the just room. Didn't want to say anything. <laughs> he Christmas literally texted me. Oh no, I'm sorry. The previous text is S M H. And then Susie, Susie and my head. Yeah, <laughs> Susie, my head. Yes. Sorry about that. Oof. Sorry, Susie and the Banshees. I pr- I pronounced it correctly though. You did. I said I was the one who did it incorrectly. Where's the text saying Tim is right? I uh, I don't know. Oh, he can't hear me, Kenny. No. no. He oh, that's a <laughs> he shame. can only hear me and yeah. how badly. Uh, Stephen, uh, Tim pronounced it correctly, and he would like you to know that. He's trying to text me again. I, I <laughs> he's texting. Parallelism is a kind of rhyme in which an idea is developed by the use of repetition, uh, synonyms, or opposites. So, Syn- like, synonym? so like one is um, <laughs> what? Syn- I, I made a dumb joke. Uh, he he texts back a plus Tim. All right, all right, go Great. on. I never got an A plus from an art teacher. Do you want to talk back? Do you have a, a response? Nope, I'm good. No, I'm talking to Tim. <laughs> Well, I don't either. Uh, no. Like, right. I mean, yeah, parallelism is cool. He no, says, no, no, no. I mean, I mean, to Steven. Yeah, the same oh, says, no. first A plus from our teacher. Yeah. Okay, we're done. Yep. Sorry, go on. All right. Good job, Kyle. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Parallelism. Good it's job. Cool. <laughs> we're really, we're really proud of your parallelism, guy. <laughs> <laughs> You can find us if you want more episodes <laughs> like this. You still gotta talk uh, about Tycho drums. Oh yeah, we do. Tycho drums. Our drums. Well, thank you. <laughs> they are drums. Um, what about them? What What do we know about Tycho? What do we know about Tycho drums? They were apparently introduced to Japan through Korean and Chinese cultural influence. Oh, that's cool. In the sixth century, I have to say that the Tycho drums are my favorite kind of drum. They seem to be like the most energetic mm. of drums like the ones you can be most energetic with and you can just you know you basically you know you have the people with like the two sticks and they're just slamming on the side of this thing yeah. and they might jump around to like another one and start you know whacking on that one and even says that there are times where they will suspend them from ropes what? or like hang them from a tree so you just have this like big like pinata drum that you're beating on <laughs> it's it's awesome. I'm, that I'm is pretty one. awesome. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Oh, and they used to use it for military orders, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, during the 16th century Warring States period, specific drum calls were used to order communicate orders for retreating and advancing. That's awesome. Although, that seems like it would be really easy to break that code. Mm. Uh, other rhythms and techniques were detailed in period texts. According to the War Chronicle, uh, Gonji Yoshu, I have no idea, uh, nine, sh- nine sets of five beats would summon an ally to battle, while nine sets of three beats sped up three or four times was a call to advance and pursue an enemy. Okay, yeah, that could get a lot more complex than I expected it to. Of course, you know, in the early history of the drumming, uh, it was mostly a, a male-dominated uh, art form. Sure. Uh, those who developed ensemble style taiko in Japan were men. The the male domination of taiko uh, lasted up in like through the the 1980s. Oh wow! Where it was uncommon for Japanese women to perform on traditional instruments, including taiko, as their participation had been systematically restricted. Uh, in early performances, women performed only dance routines, either during or between taiko performances. Um, however, after that, uh, female participation in kumidaiko 
uh, drumming started to rise dramatically. And by the 1990s, women equaled and possibly exceeded representation by men. What? Yeah. That, that's pretty sweet. Mm -hmm. uh, female taika performance has also served as a response to gender stereotypes of Japanese women as being quiet, <laughs> or a femme fatale. Yeah, oh, that's man, nice. that's that's pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I, I guess uh, a woman was very was key to how it was developed. Anyway, according to this this uh, myth near the top here, uh, the Neon Shoki, the second oldest book of Japanese classical classical mythology, contains a mythological story describing the origin of Taiko. The myth tells how Amaterasu, who had sealed herself inside a cave in anger was beckoned out by an elder goddess, Ame no Ozume, gonna guess, uh, when others had failed. Ame no, no Ozume accomplished this by emptying out a barrel of sake and dancing furiously on top of it. Historians... <laughs> she just comes out like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> you didn't even drink that. <laughs> That's a waste of good sake. Uh, historians regard her performance as the mythological creation of taiko music. That's beautiful. <laughs> That's pretty cool. So, <laughs> so, so a goddess dances on a sake barrel. Yeah. And this is still only a men thing? Yep. Like, it doesn't make, oh, jeez. Okay. Yep. Okay. Oh, it was the goddess of dawn, mirth and revelry. That makes perfect sense now. It does. <laughs> kind of like All the right. Japanese, like, Bacchus. <laughs> oh, that's great. So yeah, we should form a Tycho group. I'm just we saying. Should. I I was reading. It says here that you know it said like Tycho drumming in North America, and I was kind of like, I wonder if there's a group nearby. Oh no, <laughs> that, might be, that might be cool. Um, um, I believe there might be, or at least because like um, we got the Japanese garden at Meyer Gardens in in Grand Rapids. Yeah, and I know that they had a Tycho group. Um, for the premiere of that, that performed like through the week at various times, which unfortunately was never a time that I was there. So I wonder if they're around the area. Maybe. Uh, look into it. That is pretty sweet. Does Tycho exist near you? <laughs> check our website for more information. Mm -hmm. Don't don't actually check our Michigan website. Michigan Tycho drumming. What? Yes. Michigan Tycho. <laughs> Kalamazoo College. Of course it is. Of course it is. $125 per 10-week term. Yep. Oh, dang. Cool. Sounds right. Well, Tyco Drum's pretty cool, you guys. Yep. Thanks, Budgie. Yeah. <laughs> I... Thanks for getting us there, Budgie. <laughs> thanks, Budgie. Um, and thanks to Tony for that for that cool run. Yeah, thanks to Tony for this run. I I sort of helped with it. You know, I we did it together during Thanksgiving. Did not see this route at all that <laughs> kyle came up with so that's quite impressive sorry um i believe we went through like japanese castles and stuff too before Holy getting cow. to taiko drums oh that would be so cool and you just found some dude named budgie i take back my run <laughs> let's do that one yep. so thanks for joining us tonight on our journey from the flat earth society to some primo taiko drumming yep. with uh gender equality now which is great that is pretty cool uh, if you would like to uh, check out some of our podcasts, we are, of course, on iTunes. Just search for We Should Know Better. And uh, feel free to send us messages on Facebook at We Should Know Better and on Twitter at WSKBCast. 
Uh, you can also find us on Blogspot at wskbcast.blogspot.com. And uh, if you open up your window and yell our names, we might respond sometime too, depending on where you live. Give it that a try. That would be weird, but yeah, you, yeah, totally go for it. It would really freak us out. So <laughs> just just consider that before you try. So uh, I did see that um, Recursively Curious did actually respond to our homework from last time about uh, what was the animal that he had tweeted at us uh, for for his baseball team? I don't know. Oh, I, man. He, he tweeted he tweeted in like a an image of the Orioles. Oh, that's I didn't what it was, see. Yeah. I didn't see like what he sent as his animal. No, that's what it was. Oh, okay. And it was just yeah. and I was just thinking, yeah, I think he I think he was going for just a little bird trying to pick a baseball bat, which I think is pretty awesome on its own. Well, it's just an or like it was is an official Orioles oh, I see. image and it was just a really weird looking Oriole. Well, I'm going to imagine that it was actually just a tiny Oriole trying to pick up a baseball bat. Okay. And I'm going to go with that and give give him full marks. Uh, for the, uh, homework this week, uh, let's say, uh, you know what, uh, what is your musician nickname? The nickname that your, your bandmates are going to give you. I hope it is better than Dolby. So, uh, it has let to be us at least know. as good as Budgie. Oh my gosh. I don't at know if it can good. get better than that. that yeah. is, it's so good. I don't know why. Budgie, so, uh, Budgie just sounds like the nickname of someone whose head you want to pet. <laughs> I don't know about that. Like, hey, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> how, you, how you doing, Budgie? Sounds like oh someone that would have like a greasy handshake. That's exactly yeah. what oh. it sounds like. Or like, are, or like I'd mean. pull my hand back and I'd smell it and it would smell like margarita mix. Yes. <laughs> I like your description. This this fits exactly what I'm thinking. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh that's our assignment for next next time. Good deal. All right, <laughs> All right guys. That's enough oh. for us tonight. Are we going to like sign off with a like a series of drums or something like that? Do you have do you have something queued up to be like Yeah, like that. All right, see you later everyone. Good night. Bye. Oh, this is great. Oh my gosh. I'm gonna cut this out, but guys, I was I was still looking at their Instagram. See? And there's a photo of a guy who just ran in a marathon and it says, uh, ran in the 2014 Pan Marathon in North Korea. The ground was nice and flat. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's just so good. <laughs> I was trying to Dang it. What are you doing? It's a big bird song. I was, I was trying to just get a sound effect of like a cat, like this is like screeching or something. <laughs> this is supposed to be a cat fight, but it's a video, so there we go. <laughs> oh, that's perfect.